to Leadership in Crisis podcast. Shift your mindset to growth mindset, which will shift your life towards upliftment. Embrace the possible by imagining the impossible and expand your horizons while you shine brightly. This is your host, Swami Sri Parambadur, and you are listening to Leadership in Crisis podcast. And the motivational message which I talked about is not mine, but it is the message from our wonderful guest, Samantha Johnson who has been sending this daily motivational bites to all her friends and professional network via LinkedIn and many other channels. Let us find out why and how is she able to do that daily without missing a day. That too with some wonderful images. But before we go there, let us know a little bit more about Samantha. Samantha is currently working as the SVP and Director Managing the Contact Center at First Citizens Bank. Prior to that, she spent many years at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of North Carolina, leading their EPMO and transformation office and various operations leadership roles. She's a versatile executive, highly adept at leading organizations through rapid change. Proven track record of measurable success across several industries and businesses demise. Known for building inclusive and adaptive teams that thrive through change exceeding business goals. She's also a visual storyteller, a writer, speaker, and leadership coach, and of course, my beautiful friend. Samantha, welcome to Leadership in Crisis podcast. Thank you, Swami. I'm excited to be here with you. So Samantha, I mean, I am really getting so motivated with your leadership vibes on every day. So before we jump into detail, I want to really know what is the secret? How are you able to maintain and what is it really motivated you to start and how long have you been doing this? So can you give a little bit about it? Yeah, thank you for asking. Um, I guess it was maybe a year and a half ago, I started to notice that everything in my feeds, whether it was my personal stuff with Facebook or my professional stuff with LinkedIn, things just had a really negative bend to it and or negative bent. And so I said, you know, why can't I put out positive messages and at least try and fill I'd feel better. I think everybody else would feel better. And so it started to be sort of my own passion project, if you will, to be out there as a positive voice um, instead of all of that negative baggage. And then I started a blog called Loudly Imperfect. And again, just stories about uh, a female who happens to be a successful leader, um, successful in the world of uh what people would think successful because I've risen to a pretty great level in my career, but I'm completely and completely imperfect. And so I share, Hey, uplifting stories, hopefully of my imperfections to make it a little more real and tangible. And, uh, to say, you know what, we all have, um, 
this incredible capacity within us. Uh-huh. It's not perfect. It's not uh, those around us. So that's sort of how it started. It was like, I got to get this negativity off my off my feeds and and really be a voice of positivity. Wow, that's good. So I think um it is so interesting to know. I was thinking you started this while because of the pandemic, but it looks like you started way before the pandemic and then you are creating a persona of the woman. So which is really nice. But um lately i'm seeing so many messages about women empowerment i mean it has been there since long time but then suddenly i'm seeing more and more uh, important about the women leading in the corporate world women leading in the tech world so what is your take i mean is it uh, really uh, taking a momentum right now or it has been there long or it is getting uh, more attention now so anything on that so you know i think about this a lot because i was in high school in the 80s not to date myself mid to late 80s and then went to college and part of my fabric of who i am has always been pretty fearless now i don't know if that was because i was chasing an older brother and climbing up trees after him and you know uh riding mini bikes i i don't know but um I did have a situation in high school where my guidance counselor wasn't going to help me get into business school because you know women went to secretarial college and women went to hairdressing school and I was like this girl isn't going to do that. <laughs> so um through that process I got into business school and have seen that I think a lot of women come to their careers with I don't want to call it um well I guess it's just this parochial idea that you have to, you know, um not be assertive and not speak up and you know if you do a really really good job of making things easy for all those around you you're going to somehow get promoted and that's just not how it works. Um yes you have to be collaborative. Yes you have to be helpful. Yes you have to do um uh great work but you can't be silent and you have to have a voice and part of that being able to have a voice i think for women who are amazing collaborators is also building relationships and so i have found in my career the more i build relationships the more comfortable i am speaking out and i can bring my fearless self uh to the table every day so when i think of women empowerment um not to ramble on too much here but cuz i can get really passionate about it is we need to help women find their voice be confident um build relationships uh get invited into opportunities get invited to the table and then have uh sort of what are the rules of the road and I'll I'll leave with this quick story I was at the Orlando airport and I'll never forget it I was sitting waiting for my flight having a Starbucks just enjoying you know the people around me this is pre-pandemic uh-huh. pandemic and these two guys were sitting on this bench behind me and the one guy was fairly new the other guy was sort of knew the ropes 
And they're having this conversation about how to maneuver the dynamics of the organization they were in. Okay. And I was like, dang, if women would do this for each other and men would do it with women, hey, that's what you need to know. What's the political fabric of the organization? How does work get done? How do you influence and navigate the organization? And these two dudes behind me were like having this incredible conversation. And I was so wanting to say, oh my God, that is such great, like, how are you helping others understand this? And so I do think women don't necessarily do that naturally to say, hey, let me let me tell you the ropes around here and how you can get to the table and, you know, those types of things. But then women have to ask too, so. That, that's good. So, but I think you, you gave us some important facts that, you know, as you said, many women, when you were studying, are going into different directions, but then you really want to go into the business side of it. So, how did you make that engage that decision so were you having any role models or were you having any mentors i mean how did you come on your own that i want to go into the business side yeah so that's that's sort of a weird um beginning for me because uh i'm i always knew i i was writing memos and having board meetings when I was just a teeny person, little kid with my best friend, Darren, and we were playing Barbies and he was Ken, my assistant, and I was Barbie, the international mogul. And so my mom tells this story all the time. She's like, you know, Darren just idolized you and he was happy to be Ken. And she, it was just so out of the norm of what girls, you know, did in those days. But I had to have the camper because we had to travel across country and we had the plane and, you know, all this other stuff. And I would say for me, you know, I did know, but I know that that's not normal. Most, you know, people, men or women, you know, it takes a while to figure out what you want to do. Um, you know, some people know it naturally and some people don't. And I was just, uh, I guess I came from a long line of very independent women. My great grandmother uh, had a dress shop on the high street in London um, way, way, way back in the day. My uh, great grandmother was a, a business person. And then my uh, both grandmothers were uh, very successful. And, and my mom was a successful uh, role model for me. So I think it's, it's that, but I do think, um, maybe one of the other things I would say is that you don't have to know. And a lot of, I think, uh, women think they do. And I would say, be curious and try different things. Um, and your passion will, will, if you listen to your passion, it will drive you to the direction that you want to go in. And then again, going back to confidence, be confident to try new things and be confident to lean in and recognize that, you know, you have every right to be in XYZ situation as, as the dude next to you. So. Yeah. No, I think uh, that's good that, you know, you have a lot of role models and mostly females, your grandmoms and mom, which is good. And then I think a couple of important points you mentioned is follow the passion. I think irrespective of the age of the time, as long as you follow the passion and be focused on the passion, you automatically will become fearless and then you will probably find the route 
to maneuver yourself to reach or attain the passion what you are looking for i mean that, that's definitely great and then you yourself is an, a great example as you have really maneuvered yourself into this corporate world and you are a very successful leader so thank you for that so that leads to my next question how is your leadership style is this changed because of the pandemic how are you really leading things in the pandemic Yes, I would say I think everybody's leadership style has has changed um you know in the in the height of it I made a decision to leave Blue Cross and go to First Citizens and yeah. so going from the health insurance industry to back into banking which you know I was in eons ago it seems um and I would say the first thing that was really a change for me is finding a new way to build relationships relationships with the new team that I would be leading and then relationships with the colleagues that uh would be my peers and then also sort of the senior leadership team um and so zoom became you know a leadership tool versus something that I would use sort of sporadically um you know I was doing a lot of conference calls in my career for a long time but now this whole zoom thing and it's like okay I got to I got to meet people that way because I can't be in a room with them yeah um how do you reach out and build trust which is such a important leadership uh element and I think a human element is to you know build and foster trust how do you set a strategy and a vision and get people on board with it when you can't see their necessarily their body language um very true and you know and so as a extroverted person that's like i just want to have eyes on people right and and it just hasn't been um to the degree um i've been used to when entering a new company so so that's been one facet the other thing is i've i've felt that i've been always sort of uh, a leader that it's connected uh, emotionally to my my teams and you know felt that i did that really well when i'm i'm learning a whole new level swami in the pandemic because it's not just meeting people where they're at in the normal yeah life that they have kids and careers and things and and spouses but there's this whole new element of stress and anxiety and um fear that is creeping in and then you put childcare on top of that which is you know really not childcare it's oh my god i've got to teach my kids like this new math and um you know and then how how do you how do you help people feel comfortable having those very vulnerable um conversations with you and especially when you're a new leader i mean the first thing you want to do with a new leader is show them how you know knit up you are yeah but how do you you know again it goes back to that trust and and how do you how do you ensure that your head and heart are aligned so that you can lead with um vulnerability authenticity compassion while you're still driving towards the results that your customers need from you um so it, it's been different um it you know i thought i was a pretty compassionate leader and uh 
I think it's just, it's pushed me to go to the next level, which I'm delighted actually is a positive outcome. Because I think we can always lead with more heart. That's true, that's true. See, I think you, you said very rightly, when you really are pushed to your limits, then you go beyond your limits and then go to the next level. Otherwise, you feel in a comfort position that you never unleash the skills what you already possess. You may not know that you have those skills, but unless you are really under the pressure, you really go beyond limits. So I want to again go back to your point, um, two points actually. Uh, but first is the trust, right? You said it very, very um, nicely that trust is important and trust has to be built. So can you give some kind of a, a examples? How are you building the trust between you and your customer and between you and your employee in this um, virtual meetings and the Zoom meetings? Yeah, you know, I think um, with our customers, it's all about consistency um, for them that when they call, there's someone on the other end of the phone that can answer their question and can also empathize with them. So there's probably two industries that bring out the highest level of emotion and I've been involved with them. There's the insurance industry. When you call, it's because you got an issue and you need it solved and your finances, right? So, <laughs> Those things bring out the emotions in people. So how how do we live up to our uh, commitment to our customer and to really push through and be advocates for them mm -hmm. to resolve whatever issue it is? And so that's how you build trust, uh, I think, with customers is, you know, listening and resolving their issue and, um, and having empathy because they're going through some things too, right? And then with building trust in my teams, a lot of that is talking like minimally <laughs> and listening to the max and listening for not only what's said, but what's not said. People tell you a lot of information um, with what they're not saying to you than just as if they are saying stuff and the way that they're saying stuff and the words that they use. And so you have to listen with all of your senses and then be able to play it back to them so they know they've been heard. Cool. And, and then it's, you know, you as a leader have to be consistent. And so if you're saying X, Y, Z, that, um, you know, you need to be X, Y, Z and not bring people on the highs and the lows because you are not consistent, which drives people to feel even more fear and anxiety and, and doubt, right? So yeah. if I don't, people don't know how I'm going to interact with them, but I have, you know, coming in and building that trust, it's every day, every day I have to be mindful that if I don't act the same for them every day and give them consistency, they're never going to trust me. And if I don't really hear them and action on things that have been problematic for them mm -hmm. and help them, help them be the ones that fix the problems and help them be the one to get a voice. Um, you know, all of those things uh, help build trust. Um, so I, I, you know, done a lot of listening, a lot of talking uh, with people asking a lot of questions. That's the other thing. When I'm talking, I'm asking probing questions, trying to find out more about 
them. Yeah. That's What's a- getting in their way? What challenges do they have? Finding moments of celebration. Um, and then I would say the other thing to build trust, and this is this is a hard thing for leaders, is don't take yourself seriously. Yeah. You might be the the top leader of your team, but you're still a person. You still, you know, get up every day and do the same, you know, thing. You get dressed and showered and all these other things, just like everybody else. And so have fun, be humble. Um, the best outcomes come from the collective, not from the individual. So. No, that, that, that's good part you said. Uh which really talks about the vulnerability, right? You know, you have to build the trust and you also have, as a person, you have to do like other, any other person, the regular things. So you have to be cognizant you are a leader, but also a human being. So you need to bring that humility, empathy. So in your mind or in your experience, how is this vulnerability component? Do you feel it is required? How are you um, envisioning this um, vulnerability? What is your take on this uh, vulnerability versus leadership i think vulnerability is you know kind of the the new leadership skill that is absolutely required and it's really hard because people in leadership didn't get there necessarily from uh being meek or mild or you know being wallflowers um they're usually pretty strong personalities and you know now i and i whether you're introvert or extrovert it doesn't matter i have seen some quiet forces yeah. that are stronger than you know the energy i can bring so you know vulnerability i think isn't necessarily getting up in in front of everyone and crying i think what it is is getting <laughs> up and being able to say you know i'm I'm sorry I didn't see it that way or hey that was my fault I didn't communicate that you know own it own your accountability take responsibility that's just as much at being vulnerable as you know I guess saying you know I'm going to cry now um but I think a lot of leaders think vulnerability is I've got to get up there and I've got to share things that are personal and I've got to share um you know my tears or whatever but vulnerability is really meeting people where they're at um for example you might have a person who comes and talks to you about hey I'm going through a difficult time in my relationship and you know blah 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 blah, blah. they're having a they're having a challenge you're listening you're open and if you've had a like experience sharing that hey you know what I'm a human being too I've been there and if you haven't then the vulnerable thing to do perhaps is saying hey you know um i get it you know it's a difficult time trying you know you have to be empathetic to what they're going through um because at the end of the day the most important thing that a company has is their human capital yeah uh, doesn't matter what computer system you have it doesn't matter all the great new tools and you know whiz bang things At the end of the day it's your people and your people deliver for your customer and um your people create opportunities to get more customers and so take care of the people they take care of the work but you have to take care of people in their you know lives like you need to help them 
No, that, that's pretty good. I mean, as you rightly said, vulnerability is really key. And uh, it doesn't mean you have to cry, but you have to be more factual and you really are ready to accept if there is a mistake or if you have not really seen, which shows accountability and ownership and showing that leadership. And that, that's really good. And as you rightly said, it is the vulnerability becoming more and more prominent as a, one of the leadership character, especially in this pandemic, because you really don't know many things because many of us did not even experience this pandemic. Everyone is going through a new unknown area. So you have to Absolutely. really accept, yes, I don't know. I don't know how it is, but I'm trying my best to see this is what probably the end of the destination is, right? So that's good. So this Yeah. So no, I was going to add to that just a little bit in that um, people want to hear your stories of failure, not just success. And I didn't realize that until probably five years ago, honestly. And I'm like, you want to hear about how I messed up? What? And people were like, yes, because one, it humanizes you. Two, it helps them connect dots on how you got from A to Z. And it does demonstrate vulnerability. Hey, I did X, Y. Here's a story of where I like totally just drove off the cliff and people are like oh my god because as a leader especially the the more successful you are as a leader people tend to put you on a pedestal yeah. and and it's one of those things that if you don't recognize that you become further and further separated from your teams in terms of how they see themselves and can they get there and you know do they feel intimidated do they feel disconnected um and your job as a leader is always being connected you have to connect towards them and um you know showing your human helps well, that's true i think and i haven't i've yet to meet a perfect person <laughs> I don't think there's a, a, anybody called a perfect person because it's zero. I mean, I <laughs> because exactly. I, I, as you really ask about the perfect person, I was uh, very fortunate enough to meet uh, Dr. APJ Abdul Kalam, who was the 11th um, uh, president of India. And um, he is uh, a scientist. He's an academician who went to become a president of India. Of course, unfortunately, we lost him in 2015. But when I met him in 2012 in Florida, he was talking about a couple of things which we are talking about now. He was saying every person always wants to read a person about their success, but read a story or know about a person about his failure before he become a success because every person has to fall down or most probably they will fall down because failure will really teach you a better lesson to go at a very high accelerated path but you need to know what it is and if you really learn about the failures you know because that is a smart way of learning if you know somebody's hard way of failure you are learning and don't do that mistake learn from it and then you better maneuver your life in a better way so as you rightly said we cannot find a person who is perfect man it is impossible yeah, and that leads me to, you know, uh, just a tangent here for a minute is a lot of leaders are leading with uh, a mindset of I need to protect my staff from failing. And I think we forget that it's being thrown in the deep end of the pool, you know, and, and swimming that we learn. And so as a leader, I think the best thing we can do is set up safe failures 
So stretch people, have them take a, a step forward more so than they thought they could do for themselves and stay connected because it's okay if you fail. It really is such a learning rich experience. I know I failed a heck of a lot in my career. <laughs> some of those, some of those failures still a little hurt, a little sting now, but uh, I learned so much. And, um, you know, if you're open to learning um, and you're in a environment where you can safely fail, safely fail is you're not taking out a billion dollars, you know, yeah. in a, <laughs> or even maybe a million dollars, right? But, uh, you know, everybody, everybody has uh, opportunities to learn and grow. And we do that by, by failing. That's true. That's true. No, I think or, or I should say different. learning, <laughs> learning forward, learning forward. That's very true. So this all leads to, uh, I think everybody as a leader, wherever you are in your capacity, whether you are technical, non-technical, the whole goal is now innovation is taking a, a mainstream, whatever the industry you are in. So of course, people matters, of course, employees matters, of course, customer matters, but to make sure you are as a leader getting a better profits to your company you're managing your stakeholders and also giving a best customer experience so in this pandemic as you took a new role how is this innovation coming play so can you touch upon how the technology is placing innovation what are the new innovative things you are doing in your industry well of course digital is um big in, in a lot of industries. It's big in insurance when I was there, it's big in banking. Um, and it's really, I think in the area that I'm leading around self-service and how do we help customers um, be able to get answers to their question 24 seven and on their time, not on ours. And then how do we provide them, you know, products and services that um, meet the demands of their life. And the pandemic has created quite a lot of financial demands that people never thought about um, uh, before. Mm -hmm. So how do we take the friction out and how do we use digital tools to take that friction out? Um, how do we make things easier for the customer? Um, is a lot about what that technology is. And then how do you have your customers call you for the things that you really want them to call you about? Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, those, those are the things we're working through. And then I would say also for the customer service area I'm leading, we're focused on how do we become the best at getting better? So we're using a lot of the analytics from the calls that we're getting and, um, areas that, uh, or uh, things that fall out of processes <laughs> that are supposed to be automated. Uh -huh. and, and how do we really look at it from a customer perspective and, and ask the question consistently, okay, is there an improvement here? Is there friction for the customer? How do we make it better? How do we learn? How do we share this information back into the broader organization? That's good, that's good, I know. So analytics. Yeah, I think it's all about analytics and self-service. So that's that's fantastic. So just to uh, closing towards, I mean, you are a very good storyteller. I mean, you have been always using that. So how this storyteller habit has come and then um, what is you think about the storytelling 
relation to the leadership i mean can you connect the dots or can you give please some throw some light on it well i will try and connect the dots um so i have been you know a, a writer for a lot of years and i love to write and i love poetry and um always wrote stories and people would say oh i love the way you write and i would be like ah oh, it's just a it's just a thing um and i guess when somebody tells you or enough people tell you uh enough times you start listening and saying well maybe i should write um and so i started writing more technical stuff and then i wrote some stuff on leadership and then i said oh gosh you know picture tells a thousand words so how do i now when i uh, uplifted to this uh personal uh daily uh messaging or the the positive daily messaging how do i convey those words in a picture so whether you're uh a visual person or a creative person or you're more of the scientific side how how can i connect it so you're either going to get it in the words or in the picture um and and it really comes with head and heart right so the heart invokes a uh, emotion and you know your words express you know an intellectual side of your head and so how do i bring those two together and then storytelling from a leadership perspective is what i think does connect the head and the heart and brings people into understanding it with some additional context nobody wants to hear well pi is 3.1436 you know that whole thing <laughs> it's it's a they, very boring right <laughs> yeah they want to know hey it's you know it's something much bigger and meatier and broader um and it's it's the story of your uh life and why shouldn't it be or your story of your experience and why shouldn't it be rich and colorful and inviting and uh be the way that you connect to people and really i think leadership is all about how you connect to people to bring them together toward a common achieving some common goal in some some ways that people feel amazing about what they're doing and we can all go to work and feel terrible um or we can go to work and feel passionate about what we do and i think if you're passionate about what you do there's there's no end to what you can do with the colleagues around you um and then i would say the other thing like before i do my messages every day um I I have my little routine and one of it is meditation and I think the more you can understand yourself and where you're at the better you are as a leader because you're moving through all the baggage you're moving through all the noise in your own head and you're getting you're getting centered you're getting connected um and so yeah I meditate every single day I work out um to some degree 20 to 30 minutes every day and I follow this before I start anything um in terms of work I jump into myself in terms of getting right with myself um before I jump into the work if if because I think you know every day I'm trying to uh connect with people and i need a, a reserve of energy and positivity and so that's how i do it 
no no thank you samantha i mean it was a lot of uh, characteristics you have shared today so we have to be empathy you have to build trust you have to be passionate about it you have to be a good storyteller because everybody really like to connect with the mind and heart right you know if both are separate it is different so it is really good but one of the trad which i have been hearing on all my speakers here is the meditation i think this is becoming more and more prevalent and everyone must uh, follow the meditation because it has to be having a serene environment within your body and mind to really stabilize yourself and focus it and especially that in the early mornings really will help you so that your day starts with a positive note with a a, a great force so thank you again for sharing fantastic information and uh, we love to have you more on my show and uh, thank you for uh, sharing a great trads to all my listeners thank you very much for being here Well, thank you for putting on this podcast, Swami, and inviting me. This has been a lot of fun. I knew it would be um, with you, but I, I just really appreciate you um, leading in this and bringing this podcast out there for others to to listen and hopefully, you know, get a nugget or two. you know absolutely no it's all about that's why i call it as a leadership bites because in this podcast i'm not trying to put so much energy into the brain people should be able to learn quickly without knowing that they are really uh, you know listening to a focused area just whatever the regular act they are doing with our conversation they should be able to learn and uh, thanks for sharing all the great messages and uh, to all the my listeners you know we are going to have terrific uh, personalities like samantha many more are already been lined up so i think uh, i'm trying to do as much as possible and we'll be going global so tomorrow we have some special surprise from a, a person from uh, uk so we are going to have a lot of different people and different countries different cultures so thank you again samantha That's for wonderful. being here and supporting me I appreciate it thank you appreciate you